lonesome road that winds down the trail of broken hearts is my fate to travel forevermore. The road is rough and long, and the pleasures are none. Down this lonesome road, I'll travel forevermore. Hi all and welcome to At The Crossroads for this week and apologies for not putting out my routine Tuesday show. I've been a little bit under the weather and haven't really had the ability to use a laptop for the last couple of days. Uh, I think I'm on the mend now and uh, I've decided a sort of a better late than never approach uh, should suffice. So um, welcome to the show. And uh, speaking of non-routine shows, uh, as I'll be otherwise engaged for the next four weeks, uh, my podcasts are going to be less of a documentary style and uh, they're going to be merely just a selection of music of my own choosing and liking with some relevant talking points along the way. So uh, less of a kind of an informative show in one respect, but uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy the music selection I have lined up nonetheless. Um, I'm sure some of you are probably looking forward to my escapades into the style of North Clare and rest assured I will get to that programme in the future but for the next while at least I'm going to have to take a little hiatus from the research and presenting something a little bit more sort of listening focused than history focused. And so then, what today? Well, it's been a few weeks since my first tiptoe into bluegrass history, and as such, I've decided to take up the mantle again with a show dedicated to some early bluegrass music. And we're going to take in some tracks from many of those who pioneered bluegrass in specifically the Washington, D.C. area from the 1950s onwards. 
I'm currently researching this topic on a bigger scale and I'm going to make a return to it in more detail in a future episode but for the purpose of this show I'm merely going to share with you some of the music uh, just to give you a little taster. The book Capital Bluegrass by Kip Lornell is an excellent publication on this period which I'm currently reading and uh, I'm going to be utilising much of the info from it in a future episode. Uh, Indeed some of the music selected for this episode even uh, has been uh, influenced by the pages I've read so far. (laughs) We began the show with a track from Buzz Busby and Charlie Waller, The Lonesome Road, and they were part of a group called the Bayo Boys during the mid-1950s, and they probably would have went on to bigger things had a number of the members of the band not been injured badly in a car crash. Charlie Waller would go on to front one of the most influential groups in bluegrass at the time, from the late 1950s, from which the Bayou Boys were kind of a nucleus. They were the country gentlemen. We'll get into them a little bit later, but for now, let's stick with Buzz Busby and a track he recorded with another regular sparring partner, Leon Morris from Canada, and the song At the End. At the end of the highway. At the end of a heartbreak, there's no one to did a fantastic kick off to that last last song there and it really showcases his inventive take on what really on the face of it might seem like a simple melody line but which when you inspect it closer includes some subtle 
genius differences, really. Um, you've also heard a banjo player there, Lamar Greer, father of the great guitar virtuoso David Greer, who was uh, another well-respected uh, musician in the DC area at the time. Now, Buzz's music reached a wider audience through the efforts of the 1970s supergroup Old and In The Way, which featured Peter Rowan on guitar and vocals, Vassar Clements on fiddle, David Grisman on mandolin, Jerry Garcia on banjo and John Kahn on bass. And although they weren't based out of DC, it's worth giving this West Coast band a listen and appreciating this great song by Buzz Busby. It's called Lost and features a most unusual tempo change on the chorus.
Great stuff there from the progressive band Old and In The Way. And it's worth mentioning that Grisman mirrored Busby's original version of the song with his outro tag there. A nice nod to the man himself. Well, I mentioned Charlie Waller earlier and how he formed the Country Gentleman, which originally featured Bill Emerson on banjo, John Duffy on mandolin and Larry Lahey on bass. And after a few like few different lineup changes, they eventually settled on what is now considered their first classic lineup. Waller and Duffy remained, but with Eddie Adcock now on banjo and Tom Gray on bass. I'll give you a track from that lineup shortly, but first for Pigarn, let's check out a 1957 recording of the previous lineup with Emerson and also featuring fiddler John Hall. And bass is actually provided by Tom Morgan on this particular song, Going to the Races. <laughs> Country Gentlemen were going to the races. Um, here's another track from them featuring the classic lineup. So you've got John Duffy on mandolin, and you'll get to hear his, I suppose, eccentric mandolin style. And it's quite interesting how Duffy, in many ways, you know, mirrored uh, Buzz Busby. <laughs> Bit of a tongue twister. Uh, both in terms of his style of mandolin playing, in terms of his very high tenor singing, and even in terms of his lifestyle, because he was quite an eccentric man and, uh, you know, prone to a bit of alcoholism himself uh, then you'll hear Eddie's very bluesy approach to banjo and this is really what became part of the country gentleman's sound um, the tune they're playing is called Eddie's Bounce or To The Rescue and uh, Eddie at least once claimed to have written it himself but 
I'm afraid to say that a steel guitar player by the name of Buddy Charlton, who played with the country legend Ernest Tubb, recorded this tune some years before under the title Bud's Bounce. So, to be honest, I think credit probably goes to him. Gentlemen featuring Eddie Adcock there on banjo, John Duffy on mandolin, and To the Rescue or Bud's Bounce. Well, another unsung hero of DC Bluegrass is the great Pete Pike. And not much is heard of him these days, but it was Pete that first linked up with Buzz Busby to form the Bayou Boys in the early 1950s. And in fact, to use their full title, it was actually Pete Pike, Buzz Busby, and the Bayou Boys. Am I saying that right? Bayou? Bayou? Apologies if I'm saying it wrong. Um, I'm not entirely sure how it's pronounced. <laughs> they were also a popular duet on radio, the pair of them, Pete and Buzz, and uh, Pete recorded several sides in other arrangements as well, including some more country-esque arrangements, and a certain side was uh, Chet Atkins, the guitarist. Um, 
But here's an interesting version of the bluegrass standard Little Maggie featuring Pike's very distinct vocals. And this cut also includes the great Scotty Stoneman on fiddle, who actually featured on the very first track on today's show. And I'm going to delve more into his music shortly. Uh, The other musicians I couldn't identify, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is indeed again Buzz on mandolin and maybe Bill Emerson on banjo. Though, as I say, I can't be sure. voice what inventive liberty taken with the lyrics there as well and and what an interesting take on the instrumentals by everyone involved i mean that's what dc music is absolutely full of experimentation madness soul carefreeness and grit then there was quite a world apart from the clean christian beginnings further south i'm going to get into all of that in a future episode but let's take another track from pike in the meantime this is the classic song ain't gonna work tomorrow and if i'm right in thinking that this is from a 1963 Rebel session. Then the lineup is John Duffy on mandolin, Lamar Greer on banjo, and Billy Baker on fiddle. And I have to say, perhaps considering that lineup there, I might be even wrong with my details regarding the previous lineup uh, on Little Maggie, but uh, I sure look. Just enjoy it for now. <laughs> Girl, I 
There. Now, Ernest Stoneman was one of the first musicians to make a name on radio and playing live in the DC area before bluegrass was even thought of back in the 1930s. He had many children, all of whom played, and perhaps the most talented was Scotty Stoneman, who you've heard a few times now on the show. Scotty's unfortunate relationship with alcohol took his life at the age of 41, but like his sparring partner Buzz Busby, his music contained an energy and emotion that is unmistakable. I'm going to give you a demonstration of his fiddling prowess on the old instrumental Old Joe Clark. Here he is playing with the Kentucky Colonels, who are led by the White Brothers Clarence and Roland, originally from Maine, but based in California for a lot of their life. Sadly, 1973 was the year that both Stoneman and Clarence White passed away in tragic, albeit different circumstances. This clip really showcases Stoneman's virtuosic, inventive playing, coupled with some personal idiosyncrasies. Thank you. 
Scotty Stoneman and old Joe Clark. Now, under the radar, no doubt, was our next man, Johnny Wisnant. He moved to DC in the early 1960s and was known in his circles as a banjo expert. And despite being held in high regard in banjo world, his recording catalogue is surprisingly limited. The track I've got for you is from his only solo record from 1974, and it's the old banjo classic, Home Sweet Home. Thank you. 
Johnny Wisnant there with Home Sweet Home. Throughout the 1970s, another group from the DC area took bluegrass world by storm, the seldom seen. Formed by banjo player Ben Eldridge, guitar singer-songwriter John Starling and the influential Dobro player Mike Aldridge, they also featured ex-country gentleman John Duffy on mandolin and bassist Tom Gray. Moving away from the traditional repertoire of bluegrass bands, Seldom Seen covered a range of more mainstream songs by artists such as James Taylor, John Prine and Merle Haggard, and John Starling's songwriting reflected a more folk or even singer-songwritery style played by or played with bluegrass instrumentation. This approach can be heard in many bands even today. Um, but they did, of course, include a large repertoire of classic bluegrass numbers from the likes of Reno and Smiley, the Stanley Brothers, Flatten Scruggs, and Bill Monroe. But here's an example of one of their contemporary style songs, one of their biggest hits, in fact, Wait a Minute, written by Herb Pedersen. Take the lonely nights without your love 
stuff there from the seldom scene. Now, as we moved into the 1980s, the name that sticks out in DC music has to be the Johnson Mountain Boys, and they were Dudley Canal on guitar and vocals, Eddie Stubbs on fiddle, Richard Underwood on banjo, Dave McLaughlin on mandolin, and Larry Robbins on bass. Equally prolific were the latter replacements of Tom Adams on banjo and Marshall Wilburn on bass. And here's an instrumental which was written by Underwood, but which is performed by Tom Adams. Newton Grove. and so well played by every single member of the band there. In my opinion, Dudley's guitar playing is just unbelievable. So rhythmic. And he just digs in so hard and the tone he gets from playing down near the bridge. I mean, man, absolutely love it. Um, Right, so for today, I'm going to leave you with one more track from the Johnson Mountain Boys. It's a Bill Monroe number. It's called Tomorrow I'll Be Gone. And it'll give you a chance to hear Dudley's distinctively high vocal range, which was very much a part and parcel of the Johnson Mountain Boys sound. 
and who knows where we'll be next week maybe back to the Irish Strad or onto some other distant shores tune in and find out and please as always if you could spread the word to any friends who may be interested in hearing my rambles or of course my selection of music as well I always appreciate it no Patreon no money not looking for anything like that I'm on Spotify or Acast for free every week and all I ask you to do is please spread the word. If you're sitting down there listening going, God, I was interested, or that music was really nice to listen to, maybe you've got some friends that might be interested in listening to, fellow musicians or ones that are interested in learning a little bit about music along the way. I really, really do appreciate it. That's all I'm asking you to do. Oh, by the way, before I forget, I say I'm on Spotify or Acast. I'm actually on Google Podcasts now as well. So if you don't use either of those platforms or your friends that are like, oh, I'd like to tune in, but I don't use Spotify and I don't really want to use Acast or whatever. I'm on Google Podcasts now as well. And I'm going to try and get up on a few other platforms over the next couple of weeks as soon as I understand all the technological jargon and all that crack. Any comments, queries or suggestions can go to patrickcummonsmusic at gmail.com. So have a great one, everybody. Look after yourselves and see you next week at the crossroads. Oh